Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Spiritual Armory Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about an issue that has probably been a problem to every single one of us at some point, probably many points in our lives. Today, I'm going to be talking about the issue of fear. And with that said, I have two passages of scripture that I want to share with you today. The first one comes out of the Old Testament, the book of Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 to 3, and then 25 to 29. It starts out, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. And they returned from searching of the land from after forty days, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them, and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled, and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, and by the coast of the Jordan. And then I want to jump down to the book of Mark in the New Testament, chapter 14, verses 66 to 71. And as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also wast with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch, and the cock crew. And a maid said him again, and began to say to them as stood by, This is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little after, they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them. For thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. And may the Lord always bless the reading of his holy word. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you today for the message that you've given us to share. And I thank you for the time that we have together, and I thank you for the technology by which we're able to put forth this message and to receive it. And as always, I ask that you be glorified through everything that is said here. And I ask all this in Jesus' precious name. 
Amen. So again, as I started out the message, no matter who you are, I can guarantee that you have some type of fear or you've experienced some type of fear somewhere in your life. And sometimes these changes, these fears change based on your age or your circumstance. Now, if you ask my six-year-old daughter, she'd probably tell you that maybe she's scared of the dark or she's scared of bugs or she's scared of some things that uh, kids her age would be afraid of. And I'm willing to bet that most of you aren't afraid of the dark. A lot of you probably aren't afraid of bugs anymore. But for a lot of teenagers that are out there, they probably say they worry a lot about what their peers think. They worry about the things that are said on social media. They worry about things like that. And then even as you get older, you start to worry about your health or the health of a spouse, that of your children, grandchildren, parents. And I think there was a time at Colorado Avenue Baptist Church where we were looking for a replacement for someone to give the children's message after the children's pastor had left. And we began to look, and it was asked around, and literally every person who tried to fill the shoes admitted that they were nervous, that they were fair, scared. See, when we talk about fear, there's many different kinds of fear. But there's some key things to remember about it. And one of the things I want to state before we really start delving into this is that not all fear is bad. See, the Bible speaks of two kinds of fear. The fear that is commanded and or useful. Fear and forbidden fear. There's a fear that is commanded. And if we look at Proverbs 1.7, it tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So what kind of fear is this? This is the kind of fear that involves respect, honor, reverence, and a sense of awe. We're to fear God in this way. We're to have a, a God fear just as we would our parents, just as we would any authority figure. And another thing is, is fear also should not be confused with caution. For example, fear of being run over will cause one to look both ways when they cross the street. Fear of getting burned will keep you from touching that hot stove or playing with fire. And the fear of being mugged keeps us from walking down dark alleyways at night. And these types of fear are normal, and they're good, even helpful. But there is a fear that's forbidden, however. And this is the fear synonymous with dread, terror, nervousness, anxiety, and mistrust. And this is the kind of fear that I want to talk about the most this morning. Because it's this kind of fear that causes us to change, 
to change our, our behaviors in a negative way. Fear prevents you from doing the things that you should do. You miss out on blessings, much like the Israelites in the Old Testament scripture reading that I shared. God had already told them that he was going to give them the land over to them. Through a lack of trust in God, they did not take the land as God had commanded and ended up wandering in the desert for a duration of 40 years. But then another story comes out of Matthew chapter 25, 14 through 25, and it tells us of a of a few uh, three servants and it says for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods and unto one he gave five talents to another two and to another one to every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey then he that received the five talents went out, traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he had received five talents, and came and brought the other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou hast delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there, thou hast that is thine. See, in this case, it wasn't the fear of death like Peter. It was more of a case of fearing what his master might think as well as the possibility of failure. Because of this, the man did not take action. And at this point, I have a confession to make. I've been in this spot myself a number of times. One of the reasons I waited so long after high school to start college is because I didn't think I could hack it. I actually waited five years after college to start high school, or from high school to start college, and this was the reason why. And I didn't think I could hack it, but there's other times that I've done this as well, but some of them are a little more embarrassing to talk about. 
so I'm not going to talk about them today. But not only does your fear prevent you from doing things that you should do, fear can cause you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. Remember Peter? Remember the New Testament scripture reading? He was a bold fisherman. He was a man's man. He was someone who, when the guards came to arrest Jesus, he even pulled a sword out on one of the Roman centurions to defend Jesus. Fast forward, he later denied Christ three times for the fear of being killed. And even though we may not have to worry about being killed, in many ways, we're no different. Sometimes we may not admit that we're Christian because we don't want others to look down on us or to think differently upon us. Or we don't like the thought of the persecution that we may receive. How many of you have done like Peter and ignored or denied a friend or family member for fear of what others might think of you? As we're coming up on the Christmas season, how many of you are thinking of people that you may not invite to a gathering for the fear that they would create a conflict. Or maybe you thought or think that if we did invite them that other people wouldn't come, people that we might like to have there more. And how many people have at some point in your life given into smoking or drinking or maybe some even worse vice because you were too afraid of what others might think if you told them no. A big downfall with all of this is that we seek the approval of others. In seeking the approval of others, we give in fear to what they may think of us. And when we do this, we do it at the expense of what God would have us to do. Another big problem with fear, though, is that people use fear to control you. Think of some of the things that have happened recently. On October the 7th, the Hamas attacked Israel in terrorist attacks. And one of their ways of trying to control the situation, they've taken hostages, they've either tortured the hostages and paraded their bodies through the streets, or they've beheaded babies, and they've threatened to continue to do this until they get what they want. This is an all in an effort to control Israel. This is an effort to control the world, really. If you took action in any way, you've given in to this fear. If you, you stayed home on, on days when violence was threatened, you've given in. If you've, on the other side of the coin, if you've uh, packed an extra firearm or took some kind of precaution to defend yourself, you've also given in to this fear. And it starts early. So many kids have given up their lunch money on the playground or given up toys because bullies threaten to beat them up if they don't and to beat them even worse if they tell anyone. 
as adults, we aren't so easily fearful of that happening to us, but then we have the, the terrorists that have really affected us all the way back since 2001 and the 9-11 attacks on the Twin Towers. At that time, Americans and practically the whole world changed their lifestyle, a change that has been permanent. My daughter don't know what it's like to live before all of the precautions and everything that was put into place. But we do this out of a very real chance that it could happen again at some point. But here's the thing, too. People don't just use fear to control you. Sometimes other people's fear can control you. I can give a small example about this. Um, personally, I don't know how to swim. And neither do my siblings. And upon examining this further, I, I think I can attribute this back to my grandma. Growing up, she had a fear of large bodies of water. As a result... My mom and her siblings never learned to swim, and neither did we. This is a fear that I've been um, trying to break the chain with our daughter, as she is learning to swim, but that's just an example of one way that someone else's fear can control us. There's other examples I could give for this, but I'm, I'm not going to delve into that. I'm going to go ahead and... Um, talk about the, take us into a closing of this and talk about ways we can overcome this fear. Because ultimately, irrational fear doesn't come from God. I mean, if you think about uh, one of my favorite verses in Scripture, it's 2 Timothy 1.7. It says that God hasn't give us, given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of boldness and of love and of self-control. And... Aside from that, there are 364 other verses in the Bible that tell us not to be afraid, not to worry, in some way, form, or fashion. But how do we overcome this? How do we overcome some of this fear that we do tend to have? Well, the biggest key to overcoming fear lies in your relationship with God. In Isaiah 41.10, God says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And that pretty much covers everything. If we trust God and what he has told us so many times throughout the Bible, we can lead a life that is fairly without fear. In those 365 verses that I mentioned earlier, God addresses just about every conceivable fear we can fathom. Some of these fears include death, persecution, rejection, injury, and personal failure. Probably the biggest fear for most anyone at some point is death. One of the most popular verses regarding death comes out of the 23rd Psalm in verse 4, uh, the author says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Right under death, we all have a fear of injury to our body, or maybe the pain that comes with a personal injury to our body. 
In regards to persecution, Jesus tells us in Matthew 10:28 not to fear man who can destroy the body, but to only fear God who can destroy the body and the soul. Jesus also warned us ahead of time that people hated him and they will also hate us. With that in mind, we know Jesus understands our misery and disappointment. Rejection doesn't fall far from persecution. An interesting thing that I heard a pastor on the radio say is that every time we are rejected, we die a little. And I thought that was brilliant. It explained why it hurts so bad every time someone does reject you. But at the same time, we cannot allow that to create fear in us. Solomon says, The fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts the Lord will be exalted. And for me personally, I hate the aspect of failure. But God addresses this too. He says, For I know the plan I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So here's a list of ways to help us overcome fear. Number one, remember that fear is strictly prohibited. It actually says that you don't trust God. Another little personal anecdote. I was maybe 14, 15, I don't remember how old I was exactly, uh, my grandma was in the hospital, and I decided to go to church that Sunday. The pastor asked me how I was, and I said I was a little worried about my grandma. And he kind of jokingly said, well, you know, um, being worried, being fearful is a sin. And he kind of did that to lighten the mood, but there was also a lot of truth in that statement because, again, God forbids us from being fearful. Number two, we have to enthrone Christ. We have to enthrone him in our lives. We have to remember who he is. We have to remember that he is the light of the world. We have to remember that he's the Lord of all. Nothing can take place in this world without him knowing it. And Peter said in 1 Peter 3.14, But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. And then right in the next verse, he says, But sanctify the Lord in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you, a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Number three, and again, put your faith and your trust in God. Know that faith is a foe of fear. You have all kinds of rivalries that you can think of. There's the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. There's the Bengals-Steelers rivalry. There's the Chiefs-Bengals rivalry. And there's the rivalry between faith and fear. Which one do you want to win? It's either faith or fear. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, 
because he trusteth in thee. And then number four, conceive God as a father. Now I know as a father, my greatest desire is to protect my daughter and to provide for her. And we have to see God in that same way. We have to see God as one who fiercely wants to protect us and one who wants to provide for us. And number five, never lose sight of the fact that you are in the presence of God and that his help is nigh. No matter where we go, God is there. Psalm 139, 7-10 says, Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the utmost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. So you see, no matter where you go, God is there with you. There's no need to be afraid. And finally, never take counsel of your fears. When you start to listen to your fears, when you start to pay more attention to your fears than you do God, they become bigger, they become stronger, and they become scarier. So you're never to take counsel in your fears. You're to take counsel in God and the things that he says. And always remember, as we close this sermon out, that fear does not come from God. Fear is, comes from the opposite. Fear comes from Satan, and he desires to control you through various fears. So we're going to close with a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you again today that you've given us this chance to talk, and I thank you that you've told us so many times in Scripture not to fear. I thank you that you've given us a reason not to fear, and I thank you for the many examples you give us of how to overcome our fear. So as we part ways today, I ask that you would help each of us to have courage in these dark times that we face. I ask that you would help us to glorify you in everything that we say, do, and think. And I ask that you would help to remove any fears that we may have from our mind. And as always, I ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.